Welcome back to the EG Way podcast. We are back in our virtual studio, hovering in the ether. Me uh, in uh, one sleepy little village in Suffolk with terrible bandwidth. And in the powerhouse of EG Studios, it's my co-host, Chris Pond. Hi, Chris. Hey, Andrew. So I'm, I just want you to know I'm really jealous of your amazing bandwidth there in Central Ipswich. <laughs> yeah, we've got a decent connection to the office here, yeah. so it's uh, it's pretty smooth. Maybe a bit too much detail on the video sometimes. How fast is it? Uh, I think we've got 100 meg up and down. 100 meg up, up and no, down? Sorry, 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 200 up and down. 200 up and down? You're yeah. just making it it's up a, now. And it's it, it's a lease line, so it's, um, yeah, we need it. We need it for, for the work. Well, we used to need it for the work we were doing for the office. It's just me now. So, um, you know, I've got a, an incredible amount of bandwidth for what I'm doing just sitting here now. Wow. Uh, I just, I bet Netflix knows it's you when you come on <laughs> stream at lunchtime. It's like, oh, it's that guy. no Netflixing. He's, he's binging on 20 shows at once. I, I see, I have um, uh, broadband supplied by a major uh, British broadband supplier. I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there, but you can guess who it is, can't you? There's a, yeah, and uh, they, they said I'm, I'm supposed to get fibre to the cabinet. I'm supposed to get 17 megs. If I'm, I'm if I get eight, I'm lucky. If the guy next door decides he's going to have a look at Netflix at lunchtime, my bandwidth drops to about six. So you know, I'd be honest with you, I'm, I, I'm just you know, really jealous. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you ever get what what they say you should get. But um, well, you but, mean you yeah, probably only get it. like what 180 or something? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> I get about I get about 60 at home. I think 60, which, which is pretty good. Yeah, 60, which is good. They said I should get about 75, but I get about 60. You get about you're just rubbing my nose in it now. Okay, fine. Well, uh, <laughs> we've got a show this week about a really interesting topic, which I'm sure people have, most people will have heard of. Sprints and Agile. Well, we're talking about Inception Workshops this week, which is, you know, uh, a bit of a spin on that whole sort of methodology. It's a, it's a really interesting thing because you've been doing some Inception Workshops with Suffolk County Council, haven't you, with uh, the, the team there. Tell us more about how you got into offering Inception Workshops in the first place. Um, so Inception Workshops, they they help set the scene for a project. Um and, and what we found is, you know, if you if you jump straight into a project um, and, and start development, you haven't really understood where the risks are, who the people are you're dealing with, what the project's even for, and you know why it's different to anything else that's out there. So, the Inception Workshop was designed to make sure that we get all of the stakeholders in a room, um, generally for about two days, and we go through everything. We start with why we're there you know what it is we're building what it is we're, what the problem is we're looking at solving and and who we're solving it for um we then move on to you know some of the key features so why it's different and you know what what, what the benefits are of using this software for the end user um and then we start to flesh out you know some of the features some of the high level stuff that would be building um we look at the risks associated with that project so anything from um you know it department might might put a stop to something or the legal department or marketing department might might not like what we're doing um and we look at ways of uh, sort of attacking those risks and making sure that you know we can identify them as early as possible and and overcome them as as, as quickly as we can so that the project can deliver smoothly so it's all, all of that sort of stuff um you know e- even to the point where we put a rough estimate on how long it's going to take to build how much it's going to cost to build and that really gives companies a 
a basis to go forward. So, you know, we, we write all this up into a big glossy report and it gives them something to go to an investment committee or a board with to say, look, this is the project that we're building. You know, we'd like some money to, to actually build this and we'd like some sign off to to go ahead with the project. So it just makes make sure that we identify those big, big rocks as early as possible and we can start working on them to make sure that the project delivers smoothly. Okay, so just just for old people like myself who, you know, may have done their uh, software engineering postgrad in, you know, uh, mine actually was in, in multimedia uh, platform design and stuff uh, back in the 1990s. Uh, <laughs> uh, and now we're in a, a waterfall developer's old folks' home. Uh, how is it different? How is an Inception workshop different from... Requ- it just sounds like requirements gathering, but, you know, with uh, cooler clothes, like snowboarding. Um, it's it's not going quite as deep as you traditionally would with waterfall. So, you know, the way that we tend to deliver and and and, and by the way, when we do these Inception workshops, we deliver a report. It doesn't mean that EG actually have to go ahead and do the delivery. It, it, you know, it could be someone completely different. But the way that we tend to deliver is, is with a scrum methodology. So we deliver in two week sprints. And we deliver something every two weeks, um, so we're, we're constantly delivering value. Um, and 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 really, what we're trying to do is get those big things out of the way at the beginning. We're not going deep into feature design, so we're not we're not working out exactly what text is going to go on the screen or which bits of data that we're going to going to gather. We're we're really just sort of doing that high level stuff, um, and that means that when we go forward into a, a Scrum uh, delivery cycle, or delivery cycles, that we've got enough information to go forwards um and and yeah as, as things start to take shape during that during that process people change their minds you know you, as, as people start to see something building in front of their eyes you know they have other ideas and things that were important before and not as important as as they once were or you know they identify new features and so you know it's important just to get the high level risks out of the way at the beginning okay. Okay, so our special guest this week joining us in the virtual studio is Gareth Morris, who is the Senior Technical Lead at Suffolk County Council. Gareth, welcome to the EG Way. Good morning. Now, Gareth, I've got to say, for those people who are listening who don't immediately think of uh, local authority as being a trailblazer in the tech sense, uh, actually, Suffolk, you are, you know, obviously you're a local authority in an area that is outside London the biggest uh, sort of tech scene in the UK and and has got billions of investment flowing into it. And you're a pretty technically savvy local authority, uh, the county council. Tell us, how did Agile uh, arrive at uh, the county council offices there in Ipswich? Yeah, certainly. Um, so I think Suffolk County Council's first introduction to Agile um, can be tracked back to the joint venture partnership we had in place with uh, BT. Uh, that ran from 2004 to 2014. Um, so council services such as ITT, finance, HR, public access were moved into a new company called Customer Service Direct. Uh, BT provided the executive leadership and invested a significant amount of um, money in the moderniz- modernization of um, of those core council services. Um, so in ICT, we had experienced BT program managers and solutions architects embedded within the service, and probably around about 2008, 2009, with BT being very keen agile practitioners 
um, they used Agile to deliver several software uh, development projects um, inside of ICT. Um, and I think it was this initial exposure um, that influenced ICT to recommend there be a requirement to use Agile for any software um, development projects where possible. Um, I think what we liked about it is that Agile gave us the codification of user requirements in a form that made sense to business users. Um, it gave project managers a clear breakdown of the work and flow of delivery. And ultimately, it delivered value really quickly. Because um, that was a stark contrast to you know, the previous waterfall-based projects, where typically it ended up in a solution that did not really deliver value to the end, end consumers. Um, and I think around this time as well, central government also started to notice the benefits of Agile. And we tend to follow their lead in terms of public service standards. Um, in fact, today in their service standard handbook on gov.uk, they mandate the use of Agile project methodology. I mean, it's a, it's a really interesting thing, isn't it? Because I suppose Waterfall w was really never fit for purpose because the uh, uh, the role of a council touches across so many different touch points and different kinds of service delivery that you could never really capture all the requirements of uh, a local authority because you, you've got everything going on there from, you know, trash collections through to uh, uh, benefits and, you know, assisted living uh, uh, units. You're right the way through to housing um, and, uh, you know, school, school meals, school buses, transport. I mean, it's such a vast and complex uh, array. How do you you know, approach that? I mean, as a senior technical lead, do you find that your projects could be in radically different parts of the county and, and with very different user groups uh, every time? Or, or do you have a specialisation you tend to focus in down there? So, um, it's, it's the former, really. So, um, I've had projects across the different council directorates and departments. Um, we, we don't tend to specialise um, in terms of the senior technical lead. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take whatever comes into the team, uh, essentially. So, yeah, it is, a, it is a huge challenge. And I think um, when we were trying to deliver projects pre-Agile, um, you know, I don't know if you've seen that um, comic strip. Um, it's called the Tree Swing Approach to Project Management, where you've got this comic strip depicting how each team on a project interpret the requirements differently, but to a disastrous effect. Um, then that, then that, was, that, that was the very, very common experience that we, that we kind of had um, pre-Agile. Whereas um, I think now, with us embracing that agile approach, it makes it a lot easier to bring together all those stakeholders, especially if, I, if I've got a project that, that, that sits across five different directorates like social care, CYP, et cetera, because you can do with the big technology projects, it can sit across those. Um, to bring all those together, um, you know, under, under the agile banner, it really, really makes a huge difference. Your latest project used uh, one of our inception workshops for your new analysis of additional needs tool as part of Suffolk Psychology and Therapeutic Services Department of the, of the Council. Tell us a bit more about the goal of that project. Yeah, so um, so Claire and Imogen, who are the educational psychologists at Suffolk County Council, um, really have a vision and passion to use technology in the delivery of their service, which is educational psychology assessments and interventions um, supporting those children with additional needs. Um, so, so really, Suffolk County Council does not have an in-house development team. So kind of the first task we had to do was to source a partner to help bring that vision to life. Um, and we'd already engaged um, EG on some previous work. And based on that good experience, it was natural to reach out to you guys to explore that opportunity. Um, so I think the, the kind of the inception workshop approach really appealed to the SEC project team as it made sure that the you know, functional and non-functional requirements were discussed and scoped in the same workshop. And I think we really nailed the what, why, and how for the entire project by having all the key stakeholders take part at the same time. 
going through the various exercises, um, such as like the elevator pitch, product box, the not list, and probably my favorite, what keeps us up at night. Um, at the end of the process, um, we had a document with clear requirements of solutions design, indicative costings, and a projected timeline of delivery, which within two days was, was kind of very impressive. Um, I think on previous engagements with other organizations following the more traditional project scoping method, this would have taken several weeks and there, there wouldn't have been enough focus on probably the non-functional side of it, which is seen, sometimes seen, seen as an afterthought, you know, um, with, with the third party that they're, they're interested in, in getting that business from, from the users who are only going to be interested in the functional side of things rather than the ICT non-functional side of things. And that inevitably leads to a, a, a poor product, either for ICT, you know, to, to you know, run in support and, and invariably um, incurs technical debt in its, in its, in its lifetime. So, so that inception workshop really made sure that everybody was in the same room and, and contributing. Is there a lot of complexity involved with developing agile solutions in areas that touch on healthcare and education? Um, you know, everyone, as, as we've said, everyone dreads GDPR compliance, even on simple projects. But a public service dealing with children must face some unique challenges around that. I think when you're delivering a project, data and privacy security requirements can be seen to be getting in the way of delivering the functional requirement. Okay. Um, however, my philosophy is they're not additional requirements. They should be embraced and woven into your daily work. They should be treated as business as usual, not something to be dreaded or an afterthought. So think sort of privacy by design in everything that you do. Um, and we're, we're quite we're quite lucky is that we've had a lot of a lot of exposure in Suffolk County Council to GDPR compliance and just data governance and data information security generally because um, we are a, a public authority. Um, and it's always taken that privacy design um, approach to sensitive data sets. Um, you know, ICT and information governance work closely to achieve this. What was what was really good though about the inception workshop with Alan and Chris um, is that the privacy and design approach was respected and understood. They didn't question um, my requirements for the application um, in terms of um, around, you know, some things around the identity that we wanted to do and single sign-on and two-factor authentication, which can be quite complex engineering um, uh, tasks to actually carry out. Um, you know, they were they were completely open to that. Um, whereas on previous engagements, you, you kind of raise those kind of things, and and it's seen as a as a problem or a blocker. So that was really refreshing. Uh, you know, I didn't have to. There was no. There was no question about descoping any of this, any of the security or GDR compliance requirements at all. Okay, we're going to take a, a quick break and hand over to Laura Hood, who is our marketing manager and, and actually the, the producer of the Easy Way podcast. And she's going to talk about inception workshops and, and the broader value of that. Hi, I'm Laura Hood and I am marketing manager here at EG. So we tend to find that the thing customers really like about the Inception Workshop is that it's a chance to bring together everyone who has a role or a stake in the project. A project's often initiated from a business need rather than an IT need, as in the case with Suffolk County Council. And the Inception Workshop gives those line of business people the chance to really express what they want to achieve from the project. And it's a much more engaging than the traditional requirements gathering process. The Inception Workshop takes participants through a clearly defined set of stages, which finishes up with a clear roadmap for the project. So the Inception Workshop has several sort of stages in it that enable you to really test a concept and turn it into uh, a plan uh, moving forward. So it's it's real proof of concept stuff. I'm, I'm interested. You, you said your favourite bit was the what keeps us up at night. 
Now, that's an exercise that comes at the yeah. end of it where you think about, okay, what is the worst case scenario that could happen and how would we address that? So what was, what was yours? What, why did you like that bit so much? Um, I think because a lot of time on a project, risks aren't really addressed. They're kind of just put in a spreadsheet somewhere in, in, in a folder and kind of forgotten about. So I was really pleased that, like, okay, let's get everything out. Get everything out onto the table, no matter what it is. What, it, what keeps you up at night? And that's an excellent way to phrase it. So, um, you know, for me personally, it was like, oh, a data breach. If there's, if there's a hack, can a data breach? So it was really good to sort of articulate that. And, and I think that um, it, it made for a much more... Um, um, more powerful um, solutions delivery in the end as well, because, you know, um, sort of Chris and Alan, who were part of the workshop on the edgy side, I think, you know, they, they really they really got to see what, 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 what worry does, essentially. OK, Gareth, now we're going to take another quick break now to uh, listen to a piece from Robin Birkby, who's the senior business analyst at EG. And she's a really big fan of the power of the Inception workshop to get all the right people together in the same room at the same time. Inception workshops are really useful for me as a BA. I get to see how all the different stakeholders of the project work together. I get to see how their priorities fit together. And if there are any conflicts in those priorities, we get to sort them out while we're all in the same room. Um, and that's the sort of thing that you can't easily get from a document. Um, the other thing is, is that once projects do kick off, we've had all of these background discussions of what's in scope and what's out of scope. So all the difficult decisions have already been made. And it means that by the time we get to start the project, we just get going and we hit the ground running. We can write up exactly what needs to be developed at that point because all the decisions have been made. And everybody has a clear understanding of what that looks like uh, before inception workshops. People would think they have the same idea of what's going to be delivered, but actually it's not quite the same. Um, in this case, if we've had an inception workshop, all of that would have been ironed out already. Everybody should be on the same page by the end of the inception workshop. And I should have a good understanding of the background context of where everything's going to fit. So. If I get any questions from the devs or while we're writing the, the, the backlog, I have a better understanding of what's most likely going to be the best route forward based on what I know from having been involved in the Inception workshop. Um, I think the other thing is, is that from a user's perspective or from, from the people who are bringing the project in, they also have a better understanding of what's possible. Um, that's what's possible within the time and the budget of the project. Um, all the techies are in the room, so any unknowns that they've had will often get answered within the project, and it kind of makes it a lot more real for them. There's a lot, lot of times that people leave the, the Inception workshop, and that, and that includes us. We leave the Inception workshop really excited to start this new project. And as I say, that's for the users as well. Often they'd have had this big idea hanging around them that they wanted to, to develop, but not necessarily knowing how to progress forward with it. Um, by doing the Inception workshop, they get a much better idea of exactly how it's going to be delivered. What are the next steps to be able to do that? And it just makes it that much more feasible and that much more real to them that it's actually going to happen. 
I mean, it's interesting, Gareth. Robin talks there about getting the power of getting all the right people in the room. So what about that for you? Did you find that, you know, this actually uh, threw up anything unexpected? Or, or did you know, okay, exactly who needed to be uh, a part of this project from day one? Um, yeah, I think it made us really, th- really think about all the stakeholders that needed to be part of the project to make it a success. Um, it definitely decided, um, helped us to decide who needed to be part of the project. No oversight teams for this within Suffolk County Council. Um, so, so yeah, it was a good exercise to say, right, who are all the stakeholders? And I think some, some did come out the woodwork, so to speak. Oh yes, yes. We need to include that person because of X, Y, Z. So, um, what was, what was that, what was actually really good is that, um, the workshop introduced a new concept of product owner that, you know, w- w- which was, you know, which kind of foreign to Suffolk County Council. Um, so that was really cool because that provided us um, with a challenge to work out who is best suited for that role. Um, and I think Claire and Imogen, maybe without knowing it, slotted into that category um, really, really well. Um, so, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, it definitely, definitely made us think more about who needs to be involved in this. And, you know, we're still working on that now. We're still bringing those stakeholders to the table now. And that can be quite a challenge. Tell us a bit more about developing a roadmap in the the, the Inception workshop. How did that work? That provided us with that provided us with some additional discussion points um, around okay, what could we perhaps descope, speed up delivery, or improve costs? Um, and this was very useful to have that all out at the beginning because you don't want to have those conversations coming out when you're actually delivering something. So it's it's good to get all that decided up front. Um, and I think what was really 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 great for Claire is that it codified her vision. Basically, she had this this plan, this roadmap. Because um, she'd already had interest from other local authorities keen to use this platform. She now had, you know, a, a good estimate of when the platform would be ready as well. So, um, yeah, that was very beneficial. How was the workshop? Um, you know, people listening might imagine something that's intensive or very technical. Was it accessible and, and, and was it fun? Okay. So, set the context for this. COVID-19 had just hit the UK. You know, the Prime Minister had just given the stay-at-home direction. Um, so I had some trepidation about the idea of a two-day inception workshop for your teams. And I must admit, before I thought, will this, be, will, will this work or will this be effective? I mean, luckily, I was proved very wrong. Um, the entire process was, was great. Um, even though it was intensive, it wasn't tiring. You weren't kind of like looking at your watch to say, oh, right, okay, when, when, when you know, roll on five o'clock. Um, so, yeah, it was very, very well paced and orchestrated. The technical side was high level and never detracted from the focus of we wanted what we wanted this pro, um, product to deliver in terms of value. Um, the exercises we went through encouraged creativity. And for me personally, it was great to actually listen to the aspirations of Claire and Imogen and their passion and dedication really inspired me. Um, I think sometimes um, sort of user requirements gathering, et cetera, um, you know, ICT can sometimes not be involved in that. And they, they're just, you know, given a document after the fact. So it made a huge difference to actually listen to them about what they wanted. Um, so, uh, you know, it was very well balanced between discussions around the technology, the business process requirements, and the customer experience design. Um, it was fun as well. I mean, I'd, I'd never met or worked with Alan or Chris before, and they were so easy to work with and accommodating. I mean, you say that now, but you don't have to podcast with him. I tell you, it's, that's no joke. <laughs> <Well>, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when the... Well, 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 <laughs> You know, when the camera's Sorry. off, you know what? He's so fussy about his canapes and his glass of champagne in the in the ready room. It's it's a nightmare. <laughs> so, yeah, see, I mean, I mean, one of the things I was I was really impressed with um, with Chris. So Chris was doing the solutions design, um, 
is that he was really open to any thoughts or suggestions I had around the, around the design experience. I mean, being a senior technical lead, I'm, I'm used to doing the design, whereas, whereas now it was taking a back seat and just inputting requirements into that design. And he, he was so open and, and, you know, accommodating with any, any suggestions that I had. You know, my previous experience with other, other companies are you provide a design and that's it. Like all lump it, little, little scope to influence it. That wasn't the case with the Inception Workshop. Um, so, yeah, it was fun. I'd, I'd, I'd recommend um, anybody, you know, to take part in this. If we have future work with Iggy, it'll, you know, it'll be an Inception Workshop to kick, to kick things off. Um, so, yeah, really positive experience. Well, that's great. Thank you very much for joining us today. It's been a very positive uh, podcasting experience for us as well. Gareth Morris, Senior Technical Lead at Suffolk County Council. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Gareth Morris from Suffolk County Council. Their senior IT lead doesn't... uh, It's not easy to find someone to take a break from the busy schedule to appear on the podcast. So, uh, especially from the council, who, as you can imagine, are absolutely flat out with all the coronavirus uh, work they're doing. So, uh, thanks there. And Chris, that's it. That's all the time we've got this week. Cheers, Andrew. It's been really good fun again. So, what's your plan for the week? We've come through quite a bit of lockdown now. How have you been doing? How are you getting on with those business books? Um, I've, I've got through one of them, not, not a huge, um, amount of reading that I've been able to do over the last week or so, but, um, we have a strategy meeting tomorrow, an all day strategy meeting. So some of that's been valuable. So what would you recommend, uh, for anyone who's, you know, uh, looking for something to read, uh, you know, what, what would the CEO of a, uh, funky, uh, agile development company, uh, recommend that they take a look at? Weirdly, the one that I've really enjoyed recently, um, and that's only because I've, I've really got into my running, has been a book called Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, who is the creator of Nike. Yeah, that was a really good read, and, and yeah, some quite surprising points throughout that book about the history of, of how the company grew. So yeah, really interesting one. Okay, so you heard it here. Read that, and also you dropped in the uh, running there. Now, you can find Chris on Strava. You can find me on Strava as well. I mean, I wouldn't bother. Uh I'm not even close. You, you've been doing well, Andrew. You know, I've, I've seen your speed increasing over the last few weeks. So that's been good. <laughs> you know what? I've actually bought little lights now, little running lights. Uh, <laughs> and I now, because I, I live obviously out in the sticks with terrible broadband. One of the advantages about that, especially in lockdown, is, you know, my hour outside, I can be completely uninterrupted, me and the dog and just running around the country lane. But of course, it's getting dark now. So um, I've, I've had to get uh, running lights. So now if you, it, the thing is, my children said, oh, you look like a fat Iron Man. And I thought, thanks, lads. I was just chuffed. They said Iron Man. Next year, you're going to be running. Um, uh, we, we're doing. Are we doing the twenty thousand uh, K thing? We're doing the twenty thousand K next year. Is that right? Twenty thousand. Well, we 2000. tried to do it this year, but I think I think that uh, we tried to do twenty twenty yeah. this year, um, and that that sort of came to a bit of a stop during during lockdown. But um, but yeah. I'd be up for that. So next year, if you're interested, do get in touch with us here at the EG Way. If you would like to run the uh, 2021 Strava Challenge, uh, we're going to be going out. We're going to be running uh, 2,021 kilometers uh, uh, next year. That's our plan on Strava. Find us on EG. And don't forget to come and listen to the podcast. There's loads left in the series. If you haven't heard any of the previous ones, we're covering off everything. All things agile, lots of guests, lots of fun stuff. Lots of people joining us from all over over the uh, tech community across the east of England. So do come back and join us. And in the meantime, find us on LinkedIn. That's linkedin.com slash company slash EG Limited, I-J-Y-I Limited. Or just do a search, actually, for EG, uh, because everything we do 
is a good example. E.G. In the meantime, it's goodbye from us here at the EGA Podcast. It's goodbye from me, I'm Andrew Walker, and also from my co-host, Chris Pont. Goodbye. See you later. See you later. Join us again. Bye.